0: Welcome back to the show. You're listening to Firearms Cafe. I'm your host, Tony Brown. Today is Sunday. It's the 18th of November, 2012. This show is part of the Gun Rights Radio Network. Podcasting freedom. One show thingy at a time or something like that, I don't know. Hey, buddy, what you got there? It's my iPhone. I'm listening to my shows. What's on here? Yeah, that's pretty neat. Yeah, I'm pretty good with computers and stuff. So you downloaded them using iTunes? No, I'm using Stitcher. M, O, O N. That spells Stitcher. Oh. Well, how does it work? I don't know. Magic, I guess. I see. Did Uncle Pete... Put that on your phone for you. Yeah. I watched Spongebob yesterday. (laughs) He and Patrick were selling chocolate. Before we jump into the show, let's go ahead and get our contact info out of the way. You can contact the show several different ways. I have the voicemail, which is 206-745-2731. 206-745-2731. Or you can go to the website, which is firearmscafe.com and on the right-hand side of the page is a Send Voicemail tab. If you click on that, it'll let you send up to a 10-minute message to me using your computer's microphone. You can also record an MP3 or a WAV file, and you can email that to me for the show. And if you don't feel comfortable doing audio, you can feel free to contact me via email, and I'll read out your comments on the show. The address for both the audio and the email content is firearmscafe at gmail.com all one word, firearmscafe at gmail.com. I also have the Facebook listener page, which is Firearms Cafe, and there is also the Gun Rights Radio forums, where I have the sub-forum, which is entitled, again, Firearms Cafe. It's been about almost two weeks since the election, and, of course, my guy didn't win. And uh, if you've been listening to either one of my shows that I do, I had been saying that uh, my the guy I was going to vote for was Gary Johnson. And uh, he only got, which was uh, kind of disappointing to me, but he only got about 1%. He actually got a little bit more than 1% of the, of the total popular vote. And when you went and looked on a map, and you looked at the different states, in each state there was about... Uh, Roughly about 1%. Some, it was a little higher. Uh, I want to say, I can't remember, I think it was maybe Wyoming or Montana. He had higher numbers. He had higher numbers in New Mexico. That would be to be expected because he was governor there and actually a very successful governor. Uh, But it was disappointing that he didn't get more. But on my uh, last episode of the Armed Eight podcast, which uh, was a couple of weeks ago, I believe. I talked about a little bit more in depth about the numbers and, and some of the percentages and things like that, and I talked about that uh, if, you, if you were looking at the Electoral College, if you looked at those results, what, what, what he actually got, uh, Romney just got repeatedly kicked in the crotch. It was just a, a total blowout. If you look, however, at the popular vote, uh, so when you say, okay, well, 57% of the people who were eligible to vote and that actually bothered to come out of those of that fifty seven percent Obama got uh, I think he got what was it three percent higher, something like that than than Romney as far as total votes. so it that really wasn't that big of a a blowout from that perspective. but of course from from where it actually counts, he just got stomped. Uh, but I guess the bigger questions are is what does that, what is, what is the result of this election mean for you and I as gun owners? And it's not going to matter whether you're libertarian, whether you're a Democrat, whether you're a Republican, whether you're Green Party. The question is still, regardless of, of political ideology or association, what, is, what does this election mean for us? In the gun culture, and what I'm hearing and and what I'm seeing in in the past couple of weeks, you know, on the interwebs and all this other stuff, is that there seems to there seems to be almost like a slow panic kind kind of building. And 08, oh of course, was so long ago, and I don't really remember how fast it happened. I don't remember if there was a two or three week or a two or three, like uh, maybe a two-month buildup where everything kind of skyrocketed. And then, of course, ammo and components and guns and all the stuff sort of disappeared as everybody tried to buy them up. And I don't know if that's going to happen to the extent that it did last time. It might, um, because some people are going to really feel that, well, hey, this guy has absolutely no reason to do stuff on the down low. He's going to do it right out in the open. And I, I, I was talking to a friend of mine the other day, and he was saying, well, you know, if you look at it, he's more of an Obama supporter. And he was saying, well, if you really look at it, he didn't do that much against Firearms and, and and against gun rights that everybody thought he was going to do. But if you look at kind of what his administration had, had pushed through, and this was I was telling this friend of mine about, he actually did quite a bit uh, to try and strike. A lot of stuff was, uh, I, I think, probably came from maybe they weren't his ideas per se, but I'm sure a lot of them were kind of run up to him and approved of him. You know, if we look at the uh, there was the uh oh the ammunition bill where you had to have the ammo stored out in the and you had to sign out for it and you could only get so many rounds and some of that stuff got knocked down but I think that got approved of in California you also had if you remember there was the big to-do about the military was going to now just destroy their brass and this was coming from uh, supposedly you know on. Uh, on some of the commander's decisions or things like that, which you know, I, I just don't, I don't really see that as being true, especially when you looked at the math and you looked at the numbers because they, they made more money by selling the brass instead of turning it into scrap, instead of actually destroying it, having it shredded. Um, they actually got more money for the actual once-fired cases than they did than scrapping the metal and doing it that way. You know, of course, there was Fast and Furious, and um, there were things that were maybe kind of leaked out. You know, things that he said, "Oh, wait till my, wait till I've got my second term, or I need to do things. We're we're doing things, and it's under the radar." You can also look at who he appointed to the Supreme Court. Both of those women, Kagan and Sotomayor, both very anti-gun, uh, and they're also. If that wasn't bad enough, they're also both of them really are anti-liberal I mean anti-liberal they're anti-liberty. Uh, they're anything but anti-liberal uh, as far as what the kind of what we would think of as a popular definition. It's funny how how words like liberal and conservative how those meanings kind of change and and morph over time it used to be a liberal uh, was somebody who was in favor of small government, was in favor of liberty. And uh, it used to be that a Republican, or a conservative, I guess I should say, was somebody who was in favor, again, of smaller government, was also in favor of a reduction in spending, in, in in reduction in taxes, things like that. And, of course, those aren't really the cases anymore. Yeah, when they say that they're a conservative, they, they still want to spend just as much as the... Uh, quote-unquote liberals, do. But anyway, getting back to uh, what does this mean for us and what are some of the things that we should be doing or thinking about. And what I've been doing is I've been going and checking on some sites and some things like that as far as uh, uh, ammunition and and checking on prices and things for magazines and checking availability. And as of today's date, uh, a couple of the... uh, ammunition places I've gone to, they still have, um, stuff is still available. The prices have kind of gone up, but what's happening now is that the, the, the demand has gone up. And so what's happening is a lot of these vendors who had prices that were lower, the people that they're buying their stuff from, their prices, they're charging more because they know the demand is there and so they can afford to do it. Uh, and and it, again, it goes back to if you're going to increase the supply, you either have to maybe increase your... If, if you're the, uh, let's say, the ammo factory, if you're going to ramp up production, you have to pay your people more, you have to do things more, maybe some of the supplies that you normally got, the prices have gone up because other, other manufacturers are now competing for those things. So... Prices are going to go up, and that's just sort of the law, the economic law that's going to happen. But what happens is prices go up, supply will then go up to try and hopefully meet demand at some point. Supply, demand, and price will all meet at a certain, at a certain point where either people won't be willing to pay for the super high prices. And so the supply will start to increase and then the demand will, will be met of the people who are willing to pay the higher price. Supply will still be going up. Again, demand goes down. So in order to sell the stuff, the price has to come down, which all you guys know anyway. But uh, I was looking over at a place where I like to go and buy ammo. And I'm not affiliated with them at all. But I found them to have some of the better prices. And I'll put a link to them over on, uh, on the website at firearmscafe.com. And this will be under show number 80. And that is S as in Sam, G as in gun, M-O-A-M-M-O.com. And these guys are out of uh, Stillwater, Oklahoma. And like I said, they had some of the better prices there. When I was even looking at at some of their uh, stuff that I was buying, kind of, I guess, before the the mini rush happened, I could actually get it... Shipped to my house cheaper than I could go here and buy it locally. So if you, if you, um, if you looked at what it would cost me to go to the location where I could get it, it was the, there was a and I can't remember the name of the place out here. Let me see if I can look it up. Uh, and this isn't like to throw them under the bus or anything. I think it was there's a place called United uh UN ammo United Nation ammo and it's based out a based out of the Phoenix area um and I'm on their site right now and looking at some of the uh some of the, the uh 7.62 by 39 ammo they were going for around like 230 then plus shipping um And when I bought some cases a while back from, uh, SG ammo, I think I was getting it shipped to my house for like 200 and total with everything. I think it was like $233. So, and again, this was before the prices kind of went up on them. Uh, but in order for me to drive out let's say if i was going to drive over and back to um to united nations ammo it, it, it i can't drive there and back for three dollars plus it's not really worth my time you know so i was able to just uh make a few clicks on the on the uh with the mouse and then boom i had the the ammo coming. Just as a curiosity, I'm going to go over there now and look and see uh, what the 7.62 by 39 is, and that's kind of my ammo of choice. They've got a bunch of uh, Golden Tiger. They're going for around 218, so you're probably looking at oh for a thousand rounds of uh, 124 grain. Probably looking maybe around oh 200 and. maybe 30 almost 240 probably when it's all said and done shipped out to you um what they've put on their website is that they have stuff then they're still selling them at at the um at this current price so their prices are going to go up because they're again the manufacturer in russia that they're getting their stuff from has raised their prices so their prices are going to go up so now i've shot lots of um lots of, of the different brands of ammo. I've shot Wolf. I've shot Tula. Uh, I know a lot of I've shot, um, both golden, uh, golden tiger and, uh, brown bear. And, um, I think, I can't remember if I've ever shot any silver bear or not, but anyway, what I kind of found with, with all that stuff, um, the stuff that's sort of being made now is that it all works pretty well. Uh, usually, especially if you're shooting it through an AK, most AKs just grind stuff up and spit them out pretty much no problem. Now, if you do get crummy ammo, it's not really going to matter what you're, what you're shooting through. You may have some problems. Um, but uh, like I said, I got mine ordered before all this stuff. But if you wanted to get Tula, um, they've got some also some... Uh, and I've had real good luck with this stuff. They've got a 1,000 round case of 124 grain hollow point. And there's, I think they've got 13 cases of those 1,000 round lots. And those are going for around 207 right now. So probably shipped out to you, depending on where you live, would be about 230 $235. Um, and looking at some of the other stuff, you know, you look at some of the different uh, 500 round cases, they've still got a pretty good selection. Um, I don't really shoot the, uh, the, uh, 223 or the 556 all that much anymore. I have some, but I've sort of gone over more as my rifle of choice sticking kind of with the AK platform. Um, but I'm still seeing they've got some Lake City green tip, 62 grain, uh that's the kind that has like i guess it's got the uh, steel core not steel, it's got a lead core with a steel tip if I, is that right i may be wrong on that but anyway that's going for basically like 400 bucks i haven't priced this stuff so i don't know if this junk has gone up um they've got some winchesters now they're out of that out of that they've got some hornady that but that's like for 200 bucks you're for 200 rounds you're gonna pay like 160 dollars uh trying to look at some of the bigger lots of what they've got. Um, that's about they've got the privy partisan stuff, um, partisan stuff for like a thousand uh, thousand round case for four hundred and sixty seven so Again, we're seeing some of the prices, uh, again, they're kind of creeping up there, but they do have at least some selection here, but a lot of their stuff that we would consider maybe, um, economy-based or cheaper-based ammo, a lot of that stuff has gone down. Even in their, uh, rimfire, I noticed I was going to get some of the mini mags, but then they kind of went up in price a little bit out of my, uh, out of my price range, um, so I may hold off on those. I've got a bunch of 22, like the golden, uh, the golden bullets by I think it's Remington. I've also got some Federal stuff. So I'm I'm pretty well stocked up on those. I kind of took a lesson from the last election when you just couldn't get anything. Uh, but like I said, on the stuff where I'm going, where you can get some of this stuff in bulk, I'm still seeing that there still is some availability. Um, I don't know how that's gonna how long that'll last again I can't remember how long it took for stuff like nine millimeter and 45 to to sort of to, to disappear um, I'm over here at lucky gunner uh, looks like they've got stuff in stock some of the boxes and everything that you can get. Um, you know, it may not be the stuff you're actually used to. They've, but well, even with that, they've still got some Hornady. They've got Federal. Um, prices have gone up a little bit, but not prohibitively so. So it looks like there's still a bunch of stuff. So again, kind of with the, you know, are we going to have the big ammo shortage like we did? If you know, if you remember, it lasted. It started up in 08, and it went pretty much all through and up into 2010 is when we started to see, at least I started to see stuff uh, starting to come back. Uh, As far as, um, oh, uh, AK mags and things like that, it looks like you're, you're, I'm checking a couple of places, there's FireQuest and some other places like that. Uh, And they had a four pack of uh, some AK mags, which I bought a while back, and I actually ran some of those through, and they all functioned really well. Uh, sometimes with the new magazines and everything, you need to run them. At least this has been my experience. Sometimes you'll have a little bit of a hiccup with them. But once you run two or three mags full through or you know, 30, 60 rounds through each magazine, it kind of gets everything. And if you're going to have a problem with you can usually figure them out uh, that way. Like I said, I got a four-pack right now. They're uh, on sale for $69. When I bought mine, I think they, I wanted to say they were 59 and it's one of those things where it's kind of like their on sale deal at least at this website it kind of seems like that's always their price um so that averaged out to what about uh 15 a magazine which isn't bad and these are new manufacturer out of um they uh, bulgarians and like i said i went and shot them the other day and didn't have any problem with them at all Uh, And again, that website is FireQuest, so FireQuest.com, F-I-R-E-Q-E-S-T.com. And hopefully I'll remember and be able to put some of this stuff in the show notes for you over at uh, FirearmsCafe.com. But even, uh, let's just, well, they've got ammunition here too, so let's look at some of their shotgun ammo. So 12-gauge slugs, uh, 45 bucks for 50 rounds. Trying to see if I can find anything that's, in bulk. I tell you what, let's go back and let's look at uh, SG Ammo and we'll take a look at what their shotgun is. So we'll go 12 gauge. Uh, ba, ba, ba. double op Buck. Uh, they've got a 250 round case for about a hundred bucks. Um, and they got about eight of those. They've got, uh, yeah, I mean, so there's, there's still plenty of uh double out buck there's some slugs left um they're out of their remington and other things but you know if you're running a a pump shotgun uh, a lot of this stuff isn't the one that was for that hundred dollars is actually is rio brand buckshot i don't know anything about that i don't know if if they're considered a high brass or a low brass looks like they're high brass um, so you probably would be able to run those out through your uh, semi autos as well. Uh, but if anybody's had any um, any experience with that particular brand, um, like I said, all uh, all the years that I hunted as a kid and everything, and when when I had my twenty gauge and and uh, later had a twelve gauge and all that jazz with with the pump shotguns, I never had any uh, any problems with them shooting or, or cycling really any ammunition, any things like that. Um, the only problems I ever had was if I short stroked it or got kind of, you know, too amped up or something like that. Um, so anyway, it looks like some of the stuff is still out there. I haven't really been out looking and shopping for firearms. So if you guys are seeing kind of a dearth or if you're seeing some of the prices really shoot up on actual firearms, or if, um, again, I say, I haven't seen this personally, when you're going on on the internet and on like let's say there's places like youtube a lot of these guys that are dealers are saying we're having runs again so i don't know again i don't know if a lot of the people that would maybe that bought back in 08 if they're if they kind of got stocked up over these last couple of years and so they the kind of like with me, I don't really feel any need to go out and buy anything else. I I think I'm pretty well stocked for what I need. Now, would I say that I have a lifetime supply? No, I wouldn't say that. Uh, Which, you know, kind of brings up an interest or or, uh, an interesting discussion that people have is a lot of times they say, well, how much ammo is enough? How much should you kind of, should you have held back as a reserve that you sort of always have so that uh, when you go out to a training class or do whatever, you're not really going into that reserve. Maybe you rotate it out, but you've bought, you've bought in uh, uh, new ammunition to replace the old that you've gone out and shot up. And realistically, for, and this is kind of for me, I think you should probably have whatever your primary stuff is. So if you have a AK, if you have a shotgun if you have, uh, let's say a nine millimeter or a 45, I think you should probably have about a thousand rounds each of that just as a minimum. And then you have your training and shooting stuff that you buy and you kind of rotate through. Um, and for me, that would be a really good base. So let's say that if you own, uh, an AR-15 and you own an AK-47 or you own something like a, uh, like some of the SIGs or some of the um, well, SIG has that 5.5R, 5.56R, which they've actually worked out a lot of the bugs on that. So that's actually something that is a really uh, that's now is a really good rifle. You can't kind of go by the hype because I think I think what what SIG did with that when they first brought that out, everybody was real uh, excited about that. But then they were saying, oh, you know, don't use the steel magazines, don't use, don't shoot steel ammunition through it. The steel case stuff. Um, part of the problems that they had with the steel, with the steel magazine was that they had a um, how it clicks in on the AK or the at type weapons. I guess I should say they. It was an aluminum piece in there that where the magazines rocked into and clicked in. So if unless you were using a polymer magazine, so sort of like the Bulgarian circle tens, um, uh, some of the other uh, what do they call them? Like they're the plum colored ones. And then there's the bake-bake light. Um, and then there's also the tapco ones, which a lot of people kind of crap on the tapco ones. I've shot them and I've, I never had a problem with them. Um, with the pro mag I've, I've got, I've only got one of those because that really wasn't my favorite one. And this is, this is of course a polymer thing, but the pro mag, it worked fine in the AK that I have. So I never really had a problem with them feeding or anything like that. Um, so I don't know maybe if they're just not as robust as... as uh, I don't think they could be as robust maybe as some of the metal ones, uh, which are the ones that for the AK stuff is the ones that I prefer. But anyway, getting back to that SIG thing, they had that aluminum piece in there so that what happened was the steel, of course, is harder than the aluminum, so it would kind of wear them out and you could get improper fit, which would could lead to, again... You're going to have cycling failure, okay? failure to feed, failure to eject, all that type of stuff. Um, they also, I guess, needed to, to beef up the hammer. They were having some light uh, strikes. They were having some, uh, so they needed to beef up the, the springs and some of the other things in there. And they also needed to beef up the injector. Injector. Jeez, what am I saying? The extractor. Holy cow. Anyway, that's what, so they they did those and they fixed those and i've got a buddy that actually has one and we went out and shot in fact we shot those um those new ak mags that i have it fed them all no problem um the the rifle it actually shoots when he and i were out shooting it actually shoots i guess you have more uh, um less felt recoil at least i felt it i felt it didn't you didn't get as much recoil um, I'm not sure how that works or what what they're doing or how they, the internals of it. The internals of it, when we took it apart and we cleaned his rifle, it's very very AK looking on the inside. What it, the differences is, are, of course, is that it doesn't have. When you when you take off the dust cover on on my AK, there's like room for you to run around inside there. On on his 5.56 um, R. The tolerances are a little tighter. Um, there are some things too that that uh, with that rifle, it's more for lack of a better term. Uh, I would say it's like a handy rifle. It's it's or, or I guess I should say it's probably a little bit. It's more it's definitely more ergonomic, um, and it 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 has the safety like a uh, like an AR does. It has the the grip is a, um, almost what you would call like the saw grip. So the, uh, on those, um, the downside for it right now is there's not a lot of aftermarket stuff. There's some out there a little bit here and there, but there's not as much. Um, but having said that it's, and and there's some things where as far as, uh, fit and finish, there are some things there that could be, improved upon in my opinion but they would none of those things would be a deal breaker and uh, in fact I'm looking at, at getting one of these uh, soon if I can I may have to wait a while but I really wasn't aware of them until after all this stuff the, all the election stuff came up but anyway um, like I said shot his rifle no problem um, and I got nothing but kind of good things to say about that um, so kind of jumping off of the different rifles and stuff like that. Hopefully you guys were able to get what you wanted when you wanted them and that price and demand aren't going to kind of go up through the roof. I would say, you know, try and get the stuff now if you can, if you can't, you know, maybe wait a little bit and, uh, hopefully some of the stuff will come down. Um, or if you just, you're dead set on getting it and you got to have it, you, you know, of course you're going to pay the price. You'll pay what the market will bear, uh, which is, which is going to be, um, probably a few hundred bucks more than what you would have normally spent. And if you end up having to go that route and do it, you know, don't beat yourself up about it and just say, well, Hey, that's, you know, at least you, if you've done that and you've gone that route and you've got it, at least you've got it. At least you have the firearm. At that point uh, But anyway Let's look, like I said Let's kind of jump off the guns here for a second And let's talk about What do I think is going to happen As far as on the the Political front Or I guess I should say Maybe more on the legislative front Where do we think Some of our attacks are going to come from And before we, we talk about that There's really Two schools of thought on on what's gonna happen. One school says they're really gonna push stuff through. Obama's gonna push stuff through, and he's not gonna to be too worried about anything because he he's a lame he's basically a lame duck. He can't get reelected. So he's gonna push through whatever he wants. And the 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 Democratic side, the Democrats are gonna say, well now's our time to push through because we, in theory, have all this political goodwill, or we have this political capital that we need to spend, and so let's go ahead and we'll push things through real fast. And so that we should be looking within the next six to eight months on seeing a lot of of new stuff, you know, coming down the pipe. Uh, there's been the the uh, rumors. I don't know if it's been substantiated, excuse me, that Feinstein is choosing now. To reintroduce stuff, so she's going to uh, ATF and and maybe some other organizations in trying to get the information she needs to craft the legislation. Now, in theory, what she wants is she she's going to uh, and and people like her will name specific rifles. They'll name so they'll say like. AR15s, they'll say ak47 semi-automatic or or um, automatic because of course you know if, if you bought one prior to uh, what was it 1986, uh, you could have and if, let's say if you lived in a state like Arizona, you could have a full auto AK. Um, so they're gonna they're going name that stuff. they're going to name a lot of, of the specifics and, and then they're also going to probably go after at the same time. Magazines that hold more than ten rounds—they're uh, going to, in theory, this is what you know. The kind of—I think this is more, a little bit more fear-mongering, They're also going to try and push through that there would be no grandfather clause, so that it would just—it would become illegal for you to own those things. I don't think that that would ever happen. I wouldn't be surprised to see it maybe put in the initial legislation, but then it would be struck down because they know people aren't going to stand for it. But anyway, I'm kind of getting off too far. Then there's, so, so again, we have the one side that says that's what they're going to do. They're really going to come, you know, no pun intended, guns blazing. The other side is kind of, or the other argument, I guess, or another point of view, is that, look, they learned their lesson back in, in 94, And they learned that they lost a lot of political power. They lost a lot of seats because of that. And they also looked at and learned the lesson of 2008 when people went out and bought buckets and buckets of ammo and every gun that they could get their hands on. And like I said, again, we're seeing that kind of start to spool up again. That stuff is not lost on them. So they're going to say, so the argument again goes, well, They're getting that message again. So the people who, once Obama is gone, who still want to remain in power, people like like Pelosi, and people like, uh, oh, uh, what's her name, Feinstein, who I was just talking about, Uh, and some of these other, you know, like Dick Durbin and all these other guys that are real anti-gun. Those people still want to stay in power. So they may try and do things that would be a little bit more subtle. Uh, but they're not going to come out and do like a full-on, full-frontal assault. They're going to try and keep everything on the down low, and make sure that they have some some sort of deniability. And they're always going to couch it in the terms of, well, we're not trying to to um, abolish the Second Amendment. You know, we just want common sense. You know, gun control, which basically means we want to eventually take everything away from you. But so, so those are sort of the two, the two sides of the argument. As far as what do I think is going to happen, I think it's going to be a combination uh, of both. I think that there will be some stuff that will be pushed through uh, or tried to be pushed through. I think that there, there's going to be a lot of legislation that's going to come down the pipe. I don't know how much of it's going to pass, and that is where people like us are going to come into the picture. And what we, and when, when a lot of times we ask in the, in the uh, gun culture, in the gun community, well, what can we do to help protect? What can I do as a, as a person? Because I really can't go in contact. I can send my, my federal guys, my, uh, my Senator and my representative up there on the federal level, I can send them a letter, but it's not ever going to get to them. It's going to be, you know, through some assistant on the local level. I can actually go down to my local guy's office and I can meet him and have I can set up a meeting and even if I have to jump through some hoops, I can go down there and I can do it and I can meet face-to-face with those guys. So again, like I've harped on and, and talked about, what we really need to do is really push and contact our local reps, our local senators and our local legislators and say, hey, strengthen our state constitution to where that if something comes down from the federal level, we can say that we don't have that on the state level. It's okay. That at least in our state, we're going to be protected and we don't have to do this. We don't have to do that. Now we've seen the kind of results of this stuff, whether you're for or against medical marijuana, we've seen what's happened on there. And we've seen that the federal government basically just spits in the face of what the states wants. And really the way that our government was initially set up, it should be quite different. The federal government should be the little peewee coming and asking permission from us in the states. Uh, But that's going to be kind of a digression. So not only do we need to push our local guys to fight any kind of gun control stuff that comes through, and whether you're a Democrat, a Libertarian, whether you're a Republican, contact them and send them in and say... We do not want any gun control stuff going on in our state. In fact, we want it to be pulled back And especially if you're Demo- if you're a democratic person, contact your your um, your guys in your district that one if they're if they' if it's if it's a, a democratic thing here in Arizona it's mostly a Republican thing. Uh, there's a mostly a Republican majority, but there are what you would call uh, little strongholds, I guess so to speak of uh, Democratic voting blocks. And I know a lot of those people that are Democrats, they don't have, they're, they're really not, a lot of those people aren't anti gun. Um, in fact, there's a new show uh, over on uh, Gun Rights Radio Network. And um, I've been listening to it lately and I, I actually really enjoy it. And it's called The Liberals Gun Corner. It, and uh, it's definitely a, a different take. You're not probably going to agree with him if you're hardcore conservative or if you're somebody like me, hardcore libertarian on everything that he says. But you'll find that you'll agree with a lot of what he says. At least I do. I think he he is well thought out. And again, that's Liberals Gun Corner. And you can either check that over on iTunes or you can go over to Gun Rights Radio Network, the forums, click on his thing, and you'll be able to subscribe to him. Uh, and again, I'd say go ahead and give him a shot. Now, speaking of that, there are tons and tons of shows over there. Um, so there's uh, just... There's, I'm going to go ahead and just read them off just to let you guys know how many we got. There's the Road Gunner podcast, Rimfire. There's Power Factor, Gun Nation, Survival Gun Show, Shooting the Breeze, Reloading, Radio, Pro Arms, Practical Defense, Politics and Gun, Liberals Gun Corner, Handgun World Show, uh, Gunsmithing Radio, Gun Rights Radio Network, Gun Rights Advocate podcast, Gun Review... Gun Dudes, Mine, of course, Firearms Cafe, uh, Citizen Armed, Armed Citizen Podcast, and Armed Citizen Podcast. There's also, we're affiliated with um, Downrange Radio, which is hosted by Michael Bain. Uh, So there are just tons and tons of stuff over there. Um, But what I really like about about the... uh, liberals gun corner is that it's it's a different way of looking at stuff. It's it's coming from a different perspective, so you're not always going to get kind of that same that same stuff. Uh, but anyway, if you happen to be a liberal who owns a gun, contact your representatives, especially if they're democratic and let them know, "Hey, I'm I'm a I'm a I'm a democrat and I vote and I'm pro gun and I don't want you to get behind or support anything that is going to be new gun control laws or anything that is uh, going to reduce my civil liberties and my freedoms. And again, that's what I think we need to do. We got to really push our local guys. And then what we also need to tell our local guys is, hey, I want you to contact the federal guys for me. And I want you to put pressure on them as well, saying no new gun control stuff and you got to fight it. And uh, again, I think if anything good is going to come out of the election is that people usually get more active when they feel that they that, they're, that there's a battle that they need to participate in. If Romney had got in, a lot of the people who are active now and are involved now would kind of step back and say, Ooh, I can take a breather. I don't have to do anything. But the reality is we all need to be doing stuff. We all need to participate more than just listening to this type of show, more than just putting stuff out on Facebook and on Twitter. Although I do believe that helps. I do believe, um, the, the more that we're sort of out there, the more that we're kind of not in the closet, so to speak, and the more that, that we're part of, uh, uh, getting embraced back into, uh, the regular culture of the United States, the better off and the easier and the, the easier it is for us, but also the harder it is, to get a lot of these draconian gun laws and things passed. All right, I uh, think that is going to do it for today. Let me know what you guys think. Uh, let me know, too, if you are um, seeing increases in price, if you've gone into a gun store and you can't find anything, or is stuff still available. And uh, I, I'll leave you guys. I'm going to go ahead and uh, play a uh, clip of feinstein and this was one from a, a 60 minutes interview that she did a while back and uh, i think that will do it and i will talk to you guys next time take care everyone bye i agree with you i wouldn't bring it up now so you're going to hold off that's correct and, you, and you pick the time and the place no question about that